Welcome back into the Dead Arm Sports Podcast. Josh and Jell here. It is what Friday. Do? Not much. How's it going? Friday. Friday. Yes, indeed. I only worked a three-day work week, but man, it sure felt like a full work week. So yeah, busted. I am thrilled. It's Friday, almost the weekend. Have the Zurich to look forward to. Already into the second round today. While you're listening, so Got it's going to be a good weekend. All right, Joe, question of the day today. The age-old question we're going to try and solve here. Let's go. Is a hot dog a sandwich? (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Uh, No, it is absolutely not a sandwich. It is a hot dog. Uh, I think they're completely different things. I also don't consider a burger a sandwich, although a burger is more of a sandwich than a hot dog. I think a sandwich has to be between... I don't consider a you know a hot dog bun two pieces of bread. I consider it or what do you, what do you I don't know I, but you could say you could also say a roll would count as a bread, but does a hot dog bun count as a roll? Not really. I mean, would you count up would would you say a brat is a sandwich? I wouldn't say that either. It's and it's not it's and it's not like an open-faced sandwich where an open-faced sandwich <laughs> yeah. is just straight up. There is just, you know, the one piece of solid bread at the bottom. But a sandwich to me has to have a piece of bread on the bottom and a piece of bread on top, which doesn't – a hot dog doesn't really – does should not. If you have a hot dog that does fit under those constraints, that's a shitty hot dog. <laughs> so, no, I think a sandwich – Unless it's con- unless it's called an open face sandwich, has to have a bottom piece of bread and a top piece of bread. I just consider a hot dog a hot dog, just like I consider a brat a brat. I wouldn't. It's not like you'd consider a taco a sandwich. It's the same thing. A taco is effectively a hot dog. A Mexican like it's the same <laughs> that you know the construction of it is is similar. You wouldn't consider a taco a hot dog, or whoops. Okay, I hope not. You wouldn't consider a taco a sandwich. So why would you consider a hot dog a sandwich? I'm on the exact same page as you. A hot dog is not a sandwich, but to the point that you made on that, with it not being two separate pieces of bread, that's what I was thinking with earlier in the day. But then I got to thinking, if you go to a Subway or a Jimmy John's. They don't slice all the way through that bread. They slice through like three quarters and then put the meat and cheese in there where it's technically not two slices of bread. Most of the but time if you don't. but but you but there's still a defined top and bottom of the sandwich. Like the roll is there's you know, if you go to Subway or Jimmy John's, you know what side is the top piece of bread. You know what side of the hot dog too though. You can tell what side is the bottom and top of a hot dog bun. Yeah, I guess. See, that's, that's where I'm on. Like I said, I'm on the exact same page as you that it is not a sandwich. But I was trying to figure out because that necessarily doesn't fit. I. Oh, that's <laughs> oh, I didn't think of it that like in that sense. Oh, but, but shit. <laughs> I don't know. I I just consider a hot dog a hot dog. Yeah, it's a compl- no, I don't I don't hundred percent. I'm not like oh man. I really I really want a sandwich. I'm gonna go get a hot dog. <laughs> <laughs> and if you think that way, you are mistaken. Yes. In my eyes, hundred percent. A hot I'll- dog is a hot dog. A taco. I guess I, I guess although a taco there's or with a taco there's not really like a top part of the tortilla. No, like there would be even with a hot dog bun. But I don't necessarily call a burger a sandwich either, though it's it's more of a sandwich because yeah. you have more defined top and bottom. One hundred percent agree with that. But do you, if you're like, oh man, I really want a sandwich, do you Don't go for a burger, even if it's a, like a patty melt where it's on two slices of bread? <laughs> like, yeah. Would no, you consider it's... that uh, that type of burger a sandwich? I don't think so. I just I think I want a burger, and that's the type of burger I want. Like, if, if you don't go up to be like, oh, I want a burger sandwich. I want a hot dog sandwich. <laughs> you're a psycho. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you uncultured swine. <laughs> but a hot dog sandwich, like, but there is a sub sandwich. 
So that's the difference, I think. Like, Jimmy John's Subway are called sub sandwiches, a submarine sandwich, not a hot dog sandwich. That'd be interesting if somebody opened up a place in, you know, New York or something. It was like Coney Island sandwiches or Coney Island hot dog sandwiches just to (laughs) that would just piss off the entire world. But they would probably get a lot of business. Probably. Good uh, marketing plan. (laughs) Hmm. Maybe maybe not. Hmm. Business ideas churning (laughs) here on the Dead Arm Sports podcast live on a Friday. Yes. You can find us at Dead Arm Sports, Twitter, Instagram. Check us out on Facebook. And let us know if you think a hot dog is a sandwich. Tweet at us. I'll I'll throw a poll out there on the old tweeter machine and uh, see what everybody thinks on that. Speaking of Twitter, you can find Jell at Das Jell. It's at D-A-S-J-E-L. I can be found at Das JPEC. That's at D-A-S-J-P-E-C. Send us in any questions that you have. Be sure to answer them on our next podcast or hit you back if you need something quick. Subscribe, rate, and review the podcast on your favorite listening platform. Send us a screenshot of that review. Get you some sticker swag sent out in the mail. And as of our last recording... Fingers crossed we're recording on the same evening as our last one, putting this out on Friday due to our schedules, but hopefully this is on YouTube. You can see Jell still rocking the fire, hasn't burned down his apartment yet, so glad to see that. <laughs> but uh, Jell, sipping on anything fun today? Same same fun as we as I sipped down in the Thursday episode, rocking that boosh. boy, Going bush fishing. Nice. I am still on the White Claw train, switched over to Lime, so a little Do you have a preference now between the Lime and the Raspberry? Yeah, I usually go for the fruit ones. I mean, the fruit as in, like, the sweeter ones. The Lime is more refreshing. I'll have that one as a switch up every once in a while, but I prefer the strawberry, raspberry. Lime on a hot day. Nothing better. Raspberry if you're just chilling. Just chilling. I agree. I think I agree with that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Look at you. Are going to kick the show off today with a little fun piece of news here. Former Seattle Seahawk Marshawn Lynch is now a part owner of the NHL franchise, Seattle Kraken. Uh, Very minority owner, as I am sure. (laughs) But. Pretty cool. Got ties to Oakland. That's where he grew up, but obviously played with the Seahawks for a while in Seattle. Pretty much was, I mean, he had a decent start to his career in Buffalo, got traded over to the Seahawks, and obviously we know Beast Mode came into effect in Seattle. That game against the Saints, that was was when Beast Mode was activated, when he, that play against the Saints, when he shoved over, stiff-armed the hell out of Two, maybe a third defender. Yeah, I think he ran. Th- like I think he ran team. through two guys, like <laughs> some somebody up front, stiff armed two guys, and ran through another guy at the end to meet the end zone. That was beast mode activated, and that was that's when Marshawn really became a, a a little bit more of a household name. Where in Buffalo, he was a good back, but he wasn't the back that we all know and love at this point. What I'm excited about for, you know, as a Kraken fan myself, uh, (laughs) not that I've watched too many of their games, but I've decided I love their logo. I love their colors. I love their jersey. This is the this is the child in me picking the Kraken. Uh, (laughs) But I'm excited now to see do the Kraken start getting sponsorship deals with Skittles because of this. Ooh. Maybe Skittles and Marshawn. That's that's a pairing. You know, that's that's better than you know, red wine and steak type <laughs> of a pairing. So, I'm, I'm I see I see the Kraken uh, getting some sort of Skittles deal here. That's got to be next in line. Got to be next in line. Speaking of deals, Denzel Ward got paid by the Cleveland Browns. Talked about Cleveland yesterday on the AFC North preview, but Denzel Ward, 24 years old, got a five year hundred and million contract, 71.25 of that guaranteed. Big contract, Jell. Thoughts there? I mean, they're paying paying all of their stars now. I mean, we saw, we obviously saw the Deshaun Watson contract, 243 million, 100% fully guaranteed. (laughs) That's crazy for somebody who, as we mentioned on the last show, might be in jail for part of that contract, but they, or suspended for a or, good chunk of the first season. So 
And well, his first see, this is the the fucked up way that they did that Deshaun contract. Kids He's only due one million this first season. <laughs> AKA he knows there's a suspension coming. Shady as hell. I hope the NFL just burns the shit out of the Browns for doing that. But moving on. Uh Denzel back to Denzel Ward. I mean, we've seen the impact of well, these impact corners, which Denzel Ward is absolutely an impact corner. Complete shutdown. We saw what kind of a difference Jalen Ramsey made for those for the Rams. Rams might not they they're not the same team without Jalen Ramsey, you know, with that defense. So being able to pair that, you know, a stud pass rusher in Miles Garrett with a stud corner in Denzel Ward, you've got your pass rush lockdown, you've got the other team's wide receiver one basically locked down. I think it's money well spent in a league now that's so passing game focused, so star wide receiver focused. I think it's worth putting down all this money on a true star shutdown corner that Denzel Ward is. Yeah, no, I like it a lot. Like you touched on Deshaun Watson is there now. You brought over Amari Cooper. So you're getting some of these big names in and you definitely want to get the defense going. You got Denzel Ward there. Miles Garrett, obviously, on that line. So I, I like the contract a lot. And it's not really that outrageous for a shutdown corner, like you said. It's pretty. It's relatively friendly for both sides on this. And I think both sides were obviously met at a good point on that and got the deal done. So and, I like and it. They're following – they're really following the Rams' strategy in terms of team building and in terms of who they're willing to pay. I mean, Deshaun, Matt Stafford, Omari Cooper – Cooper Cup slash Odell. I mean, Odell, not this season, but last season. Denzel Ward, Jalen Ramsey, Nick Chubb. I mean, like, obviously the Rams aren't paying a running back, but but my point is they're paying their stars as the Rams paid have paid all of their stars. And we saw how that worked out for the Rams. It's a, it's a star-driven league now, I think, more than ever. And maybe that's why we see the Patriots kind of falling off a little bit because it's not necessarily as much about just schematics and and trying to out coach it's now about just if you got the stars you're going to be in good shape so i can't i mean you can't fault the browns i don't think for this move they're going and they're they're trending in the right direction by making both the deshaun move i mean obviously <laughs> we'll see what happens with deshaun i mean when i say similar model also by the way I don't mean, you know, between Deshaun and Stafford, I'm not talking personality wise. I'm talking about skill level, of course. I mean, one of them has a potential alleged serial rapist. The other person, Stafford, is like the best man ever. But, you know, his AT&T commercial, that's so that's so awesome. Like given given kudos <laughs> to the lines. <laughs> You can hit us up uh, if AT&T, you may hit us up at Dead Arm Sports if you would like to uh, be a sponsor of the show. But point is, they're, you know, they're paying their stars and that's the that's showing to be the winning model now. So can't really fault the Browns right now. People that are looking to get paid have some wide receiver holdouts to report. A.J. Brown took anything Tennessee related off of his social media. Terry McLaurin with the Commanders. And Debo Samuel took stuff down with the San Francisco 49ers, came out today. Again, we're recording on Wednesday the 20th that Debo has formally requested a trade from San Francisco. It sounded like San Francisco was willing to meet on whatever money he wanted, but he just wants out for whatever reason. So what it's, are your, it's, I guess your thoughts there? Do you see any of these three getting moved at all? What What are you thinking with this? I, th- I think I mean Debo has to. I- I'm confused by the Debo thing as well. I, it had to either been he either had to have wanted absolute top of the market money for a wide receiver, given that he's both a receiver and a running back effectively for that. Off- I mean, what is he thirty? Probably thirty percent running back, seventy percent wide out. The way that the Niners use him, he's you know he deserves to be paid. A ton. So I think if he and and he, but he probably wanted a ton of guaranteed money. He hasn't shown that he can stay healthy even this year, which was his career year. So 
I guess I'm not surprised that the Niners weren't willing to go pay top-of-the-market money that he probably wants. But I also understand from his perspective for why he would want top-of-the-market money. I think ultimately, apparently he asked for this trade about a week ago. It was just reported today. So I think that's probably the most likely one of the three to be traded. Uh, A.J. Brown, the Titans absolutely have to get a deal done with A.J. Brown, I think. He, you know, if they let him go, they have nobody at receiver. And you can't just be Derrick Henry and nobody. I mean, A.J. Brown is is thriving out there with Marcus Mariota and Tannehill. He's having he's had a really good career with those two at quarterback. So he's shown that he can he should absolutely be a number one. He could be a number one on any team in the league. I think he needs to get paid. I think he's probably the least he's probably second least likely to get dealt. I could see him also making you know making a big you know I guess diva type of big deal out of this. But I think ultimately the Titans are going to pay him because they have to. Terry McLaurin, I'm less. I'm also not super concerned about. He's coming off a not great year, so he does. He's got a lot less leverage, I think, than Debo and AJ in this situation. I think. I think this is kind of also poor timing for Terry. I think Terry could probably, if he went off this year with Wentz, he could end up earning more money, a lot more money next offseason. And maybe, you know, if, if he's able to show that he can be a true wide receiver one in the league, which last year he didn't. So I think it's poor timing from Terry. I think AJ ends up getting paid. I think Debo ends up getting dealt. Yeah, I'm just torn with this whole situation because all these guys are still under contract. It's not like they got franchise tagged or anything like that. So they don't really have a ton of leverage. I mean, maybe they sit out a game or two, but ultimately if they're looking for money, they're not going to sacrifice that by missing games. So I don't I don't know. I and just I, think it I think they looked at the I think all these receivers looked at the Devontae Adams situation where Devontae did the, the threat was from the Packers, we're going to end up tagging you if you don't sign a long-term deal. And then he said, okay, you've tagged me. I'm not going to play on this deal. And he ended up getting dealt. So I think that that helped get a lot of these wide receivers a lot more leverage than they would have had in the past before the Devontae deal and before the Tyreek Hill deal. So I think these receivers do have leverage, at least in terms of... Because... Because if Green Bay would have signed Devontae last year, you know, last year or the year before that to a longer term deal, then I don't think this would have happened. But Devontae was going to say, okay, I'll play this year out without a long term deal. And if you're going to threaten to franchise tag me, then I'm not playing. That's the same situation all three of these receivers are in now. This season, they're basically in the same situation as last offseason for Devontae. And we saw how that worked out for Green Bay, where he played out that season. But now, but then once it come to, came down to, oh, you're going to franchise tag me? Well, then I'm not playing. That's how, that's the same situation for all three of these guys. Yeah, the only difference there is you've seen year after year after year production from Devontae Adams where he has that. Or like you touched no, that's on true. With, you touched on with Debo. He is absolutely fantastic, top five wide receiver when he's on the field. And prior to this last year, that was his main thing is he could not stay healthy at all. So he's had one solid year where he played the majority of games. I believe he still missed a game or two this last year due to injury, but AJ Brown, another guy that has trouble staying on the field and poor Terry McLaurin the guy just can't get a quarterback to throw him the ball at all. So he's kind of left out there to hang, but I I agree. I think Debo's the one that I could well, see. Let's, the okay. Let's jump into fuck Mary kill of. then. Yeah, that's fine. Um, I mean, unless you got, unless I, no, unless, I was just going to say that say? I was just going to say that I think Debo's the one that they could move off of, get a first round pick or get a first and a third or something like that for Debo. And it's a heavy wide receiver draft. Take a wide receiver there, get somebody to fill in with George Kittle and you're, you're rolling. So it would definitely hurt 
because Debo is very versatile, but like you said, I think he's the one that could potentially move up the three. Yeah. So yeah, earmuffs kids, we are going to play a little game <laughs> of fuck Mary kill. So do you want to kick it off, Joe? You want me to? I want or? I want you to go because I I want to hear kind of your reasoning for some of this, and I uh, I want I want you to take first first go first round at this. Okay. Because I'm I'm, I'm I'm conflicted on two of them. So I'm going to start off with my Mary because this is a guy that I hey have, that's your mom's name I have loved watching <laughs> for quite some time back in the days of Yahoo Fantasy College Football. This guy was a staple in my lineup. Went to school at one of my favorite universities, and that is Debo Samuel. So I absolutely love Debo. Have his signed helmet. I mean, I'm a Debo guy, so I I can't do anything but tie myself to Debo and marry him. And then between the fuck and the kill, that one is tougher for me. I said AJ Brown is my fuck due to he does have flashes where he can put up some very solid games, especially for fantasy purposes. So I'm going to, I'm going to do that route. And then I'm not really thrilled to kill off Terry. I think he's got a lot of talent, but he just can't seem to get a good quarterback to throw him the football. So I think he's the one that's expendable of the three. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree on all three of these here then. Cause I thought that the I thought the absolute lock for the one that I would marry would be AJ Brown. I think that I think he's the most reliable of these three. He has not been quarterback dependent like Terry has. And and Debo's just too he just doesn't see the field enough. AJ did have injury issues last year, but when he came back, he was incredible and his first couple seasons in the league missed a game or two, but he was amazing. He came I mean it was it was he has just put up incredible production. I think I trust I trust AJ the most. And that's what you ultimately want in a marriage pairing. In a marriage pairing, you want to uh you want you want tr- somebody that's trustworthy and I think I trust AJ the most out of these 3. So, I'm going to I'm going to go AJ is my, you know, who I'm going to marry. Uh I'm going to go I'm going to go as one that I'm going to the one that I'm going to fuck is Terry. Uh, a because that is also a female name, and uh, <laughs> not really the reasoning behind it, but it's you know it's plays a part. Uh, no, but I think that because you know you want you want a nice partner in bed, he needs a nice partner at wide receiver, so or at at quarterback. So I think he f- falls into that deal. I also think that there is potential with Terry to be a true number one once he gets that quarterback right. Just like, you know, with a, you know, if you're, if you're banging somebody they and you're the right match for them, then everything is great. So then everything's great. So I'm going to, so Terry, I'm going to fuck Terry. Uh, as far as the one I'm going to kill, it's going to be Debo. Just injuries, too many injuries, too inconsistent. And now with that additional wear and tear, that he got this season in San Fran with his previous in- combined with his previous injury history before he was even playing running back. I think that, I think that signing him to a long-term deal is just, you're just asking for trouble here. And I would, I mean, if I'm San Fran, I'm letting him go. I not, not, not with, not with pleasure. I'm not happy to let him go, but if the compensation is right, you send him to the Jets, and you know again the Jets—they've got two first-round picks or two top ten first-round picks. You, you—I say if you can get Debo for one of those first top ten picks, and maybe a fourth or something, that's a deal that I would absolutely make if I'm San Fran. They gotta—they gotta get some as well. They've also got to get some picks back for Trey Lance in that, from that Trey Lance deal. Yeah. where they gave up a ton for him. So having that, you know, if they're able to send him off, what, imagine Debo in with the Jets. Oh, How irrelevant does he then come become? I don't know it would be necessarily irrelevant because they're still going to work him into the offense, but, it man, that would take a huge A lot hit. less and of an impact, though. For purposes, he's dropping at least a round or two. Big least. time. Yeah. So that that's I'm gonna I'm gonna marry AJ. I'm gonna fuck Terry, and I'm gonna kill Debo. 
All right. Good AJ, discussion, though. Yes. AJ Brown is in the AFC South, and that is where we are headed for our draft preview. If you're just tuning in, if you're looking for any of the East or North divisions, you can catch those on previous episodes. But again, we're going to kick it off with the AFC South today, move into the NFC South to round out the show. Going in divisional order, going to run through some key additions, key losses, and talk some draft strategy, what the teams need uh, moving forward. So starting off with the Tennessee Titans, won the division last year, finishing at 12-5. and five. Added Harold Landry, Austin Hooper, got Robert Woods over from the Los Angeles Rams to fill a wide receiver spot. Some losses, Julio Jones, Janoris Jenkins. So, I don't know. Needs here. Offensive line, I'd say. Are you confident with the wide receiver core they have right now? Both of these guys are a little injury prone. Robert Woods coming off of the ACL. And then the other question I have too We've seen the last two years now Derrick Henry miss some time. Is it time for them to use maybe a day two pick on a running back, try and find a successor or somebody to take a little bit of the workload off of Derrick Henry? What are you, what are you thinking here? I, I would probably say, well, first off, their first round corner last year, Caleb Farley, who fell, he's incredibly skilled, but he fell in that draft, last year's draft, pretty hard down to that 21 slot where the Titans took him, he fell because of injuries. And last year, he was injured all year. No! Shocker! <laughs> Shocker, hardly know her. Uh, so Jeez. I wonder I wonder then, do you, if in the first round here, do you consider going corner again, back-to-back years of corner? They definitely could. Their defense took a little bit of a hit last year. They've been middle of the road to above average, but... They could definitely use a lockdown, lockdown corner for sure. Yeah. I'm, and and knowing Mike Vrabel, obviously defensive coach, yeah. I think that I could totally see them if there's the if the right corners there at 26 for them. I could absolutely see them going corner. Uh, I think beyond that, probably day two. I think you're right. I think maybe that's. I wouldn't say. I mean, they their their second round pick is late, so maybe that late second or late third round pick, they probably do need a legitimate, you know, not necessarily replacement for Derrick Henry, but somebody to help him out. So he's not completely carrying the entire offensive load. We saw, and and he's, he's obviously, you know, last year was the first time he had really dealt with any injuries in his career. We saw in Carolina though, what they did to Christian McCaffrey, and now that dude, now CMC, he can't stay healthy. So, and Derrick Henry, again, he's carried the load now for three three straight years, basically. You got to think it's time to get him a true compliment. And I think that maybe that late second round pick, that's probably the time to do it. I also think just one other position uh i think they they definitely still need to improve that pass rush although bud dupree did have a really good year for them last year but you can't have enough pass rushers and then i also have to go to that tight end position which is quite weak uh what is it anthony ferkser is their number one tight end they brought in hooper too they did bring okay so that that makes it a little bit less <laughs> desperate but they still i mean how long is hooper going to stick around there for so yeah. I say probably tight end again. That's going to be a late round, later round pick. But I probably go corner day one. Make sure you get a running back day two, either in the second or third round, and then and then build up some just additional depth. And they definitely need a number three wide receiver. Yeah. Moving into the Indianapolis Colts, finished a game outside of the playoff picture last year after that tough defeat to the Jacksonville Jaguars that would have clinched the <laughs> playoff spot. Finished they haven't nine. won in Jacksonville for, I think, seven years now? Yeah, it's insane. It's they almost... face them every year, and it's been that long. It's... How does that happen in Jacksonville against no the Jaguars? Idea. With half Damn. the stadium. Absolute the curse. Stadium. <laughs> with that too <laughs> uh, some key additions well they re-signed mo alley cox got matt ryan in via trade mo alley what <laughs> cox <laughs> <laughs> 
And uh, help me with this one, Giselle. Yannick Ngakwe. Ngakwe. Yannick Ngakwe. Okay. And then... Very, very, very strong pass rusher. I love that addition. Yes. Uh, We got Jack Doyle at tight end retired. So he is no longer there. Yes. Sounds like (laughs) Andrew Luck's best friend. Absolutely. Absolutely. Indianapolis definitely needs O-line help. We saw Carson Wentz at times last year just get absolutely destroyed, not very mobile, and Matt Ryan's not any more mobile and arguably is less mobile. So definitely need to I don't know. That's that definitely O-line. not inarguable. He's absolutely <laughs> significantly less mobile. He is a he is a statue. <laughs> and wide receiver, Michael Pittman Jr. looked pretty solid at times last year, but if But Matt Ryan there, you got to get him somebody else to throw the ball to. He's got hardly any weapons outside of handing the ball off to Jonathan Taylor Thomas and need to get him (laughs) some definitely help there. Okay. They don't have a first round pick this season. They did get, they did end up in that, in that Carson Wentz trade. They did swap first with the Washington football team. So I'm still going to call him that. Screw the commanders. Uh, (laughs) So they so they do their first pick in this draft is at 42. Do you consider here maybe considering a quarterback, a Sam Howell type of guy, letting him sit behind Matt Ryan for a year or two? Or is or are there other needs that you'd rather address with that second round pick? That's a very good question. And I guess it just depends on Indy and what they see in some of these like three through five guys at the quarterback position. I could I could see them doing that. They have been just patching together the last three years. Whether Dude, it was no, no, last, Rivers, last six Carson years, Lent. it's been six different starters. Yeah, no, that's that's true. Forget Luck's been gone for so long. He's been already. gone for way too long now. Yeah. Jacoby Brissett, uh, I know it was Brissett, or this will be the sixth. I, yeah. I don't have the full list, but I know Brissett... Uh, yeah. Ah, oh, shoot. Brissett, Rivers. There was somebody in between Brissett and Rivers. Let's move. Let's, let's yeah, keep, anyways, let's keep on trucking. No, I mean, they need to find that franchise guy. So if they feel comfortable in a Sam Howell and think that they can get max potential from him and by having him sit, learn behind Matt Ryan for a year, then you go out and do that. They can't just keep trying to piece together the quarterback position year after Try year to grab 37-year-olds, you know, every <laughs> yeah, single year kind career. of thing. Exactly. So, no, if they see a guy that they like there, absolutely. I could. I think you definitely could go ahead and do that. They do need depth at quite a few different positions, but we've seen them the last two years. Made the playoffs with Phillip Rivers, whether a game out last year from making the playoffs, and you had Carson Wentz at quarterback who did not have a good year. So they could definitely make a decent playoff run this year, and which – puts you out of contention for a top pick next year for a quarterback. So if there's somebody there in the second round that you like, I think this is the year to go ahead and try and grab somebody. What do you do now? JT is coming into his third season now. He's going to want an extension coming up either next offseason or during this season. He's a running back. He's going to need an extension. And those second round he's a second round pick. So those contracts only go 4 years. So next year would be his final year on his contract. Let's assume they re-sign him to you know, a you know, an AJ uh <clears throat> or not AJ, uh, Aaron Jones type of a deal where you know, 3 or 4 years, however much guaranteed. Let's just let's just whatever. At what point do you draft, though, a running back to also be with him and ex- to help extend JT's longevity here? Because he's an obvious talent and should be a long-term, hopefully 8-10 to 10 year talent in this league. But, again, I just brought up Christian McCaffrey. You can't, be, you can't ride these really talented running backs and expect longevity out of them. So you need to get a second back in there. Naheem Hines, nice passing game back. Not really a, a true, you know, get it down, you know, throw it down your throat kind of a guy. Do you see maybe day three or, or either late third round, early fourth 
they go and try to grab another type of like a bruising type of back here to help maybe help JT when he's, you know, when, when it's these red zone type of situations and you're, you're on the goal line inside the, inside the five yard line. You just need to get a Michael Turner type to, to bust through and and score a touchdown to help with that JT longevity. Michael Turner, you like that? Yeah. (laughs) Not as much as uh, what was the old vulture from the, was it the Chargers? Brand well, that might have been Michael Turner because he was Michael Turner went from oh. the from the Chargers to uh to the Falcons. Oh man, I can't remember who it was. No, it was somebody else that it was just like just stupid. But anyways, I I think this year you just ride with Naheem Hines. He was a decent compliment to him. Can like you said, he's a great passing down back to get JT a little breather here and there. He's capable of getting the ball via handoff, not that you want him back there doing that, but if JT does need a little bit of a spell. And then maybe next year once JT gets Talking about Danny Wood penis? Danny Woodhead? Gosh, there's somebody (laughs) else that I can't remember. I'm going to have to look it up next time you – I'm pretty sure you're talking about Michael Turner. I don't think it was, but I'll I'll look it up anyways. But, no, I – I'm fine rolling with JT and Naheem Hines this year. JT's got an offseason to rest up right now, but definitely would like to see. I mean, they tried with Marlon Mack. That's why they kept him around, too, to give a little bit of peace. So maybe you just do something that route. Maybe maybe you go like a sixth-round guy or something just to throw him in for a little bit. But I don't I don't see any high draft capital or a day-two pick at all on a running back. Where do you – so now with that being said – so we could see a quarterback being taken with that first second round pick, the number 42 overall. If that, so is at that point, is it either quarterback or a wide receiver? Cause they need somebody to compliment Michael Pittman. Yeah. I think that has to be where they go with that first pick. That's, that's what I would do. You need to have somebody else there, especially with Matt Ryan. You got to give him targets to throw the ball to Mo Alley. Mo Alley. <laughs> Moving on to a surprising, Mo Alley, Mo Money. Mo surprising third place team in Mo this problems. division. Somebody that lost their starting quarterback last offseason due to some off the field controversy. The Houston Texans finishing a whopping four and thirteen. <laughs> Woof. Some ads this year. Uh Justin Britt, center, AJ Can, guard. Malik Collins on the D-line got him back, and then obviously losses here, Deshaun Watson. So that is a big one. Going to roll with uh, Mr. Mills as the quarterback, at least at this point in time. I mean, Houston Texans, they they need quite a bit, but I think at least for (laughs) my aspect on it, something I'm looking for them to do, wide receiver running back. I mean, you have to address those two positions to give Mills some help there. The running backs they had last year were absolutely atrocious, dog shit. Not running backs that would what, start what, on uh, any Rex other Burkhead team. wasn't getting it done for you. Yeah, or <laughs> 50-year-old David Johnson or whatever. Yeah. No, but Mark they, Ingram had to give Yeah, Mark. <laughs> gosh, come on. <laughs> Yeah, that was the, that was the senior exactly living home so. of running like for running backs. Philip Lindsay, <laughs> Philip Lindsay too. He yeah. ended up getting cut. Yes. So, I mean, those are two positions that you need to address to help get the most out of whoever is going to be your starting quarterback. Most likely Mills. He had he had a great season last year for what he was working with down in Houston. I will give him that. Yeah, I I think that. So, okay. With all that being said, though, you mentioned receiver you mentioned running back as two of their biggest needs but at at number three i don't think you take either of those guys do uh, you don't take you're obviously not taking a running back you're not going to take a receiver there mike tolbert mike tolbert oh my god (laughs) wow good call mike t so we got (laughs) he was the worst oh my god so frustrating (laughs) Wow. Yeah, uh, I think in that number three pick, though, don't you want to go offensive line? Or do you want – you either have to go offensive line or pass rush probably, right? Yeah. No, absolutely. You can't – there's no wide receiver running back worth that that pick in the draft. But after you shore up or draft a top position there, you got to go wide receiver running back sometime on day two early. Yeah. No, I, with the sure. third overall pick, I mean – 
you're not reaching for a wide receiver at that point. I mean, maybe that's a point where if they're not comfortable with the lineman or whoever else is there, maybe you trade back a couple spots to somebody that wants to move up, gain a couple extra picks as obviously they're in. The Tigers do have a lot of picks in this draft. Yeah. So maybe they move around a little bit to get to where they want in the draft to get somebody and not reach for them. But otherwise, yeah, I mean, you can always use a top, (laughs) top three pick in the draft draft and offensive lineman. I'm still seeing mock. This is, I have an issue. I'm still seeing mock drafts with Kyle Hamilton going number three to the Texans. Like, put down the crack pipe. There's no way that you're taking a safety there. I mean, yeah, he's a good player. You're not taking a safety at three. He's This isn't the Ed Reed era. If it was, maybe you do. But you can't take a safety at three. Like, as Stephen A. would say, stay off the weed, duh. Like, I don't know. I, I just, it, it makes me feel sick to my stomach just still seeing that. It's guys, it's, it's guys that are credible guys. I'm not going to call them out Daniel Jeremiah or anything, but it's, it's like, I mean, come on. Let's, let's get this straightened down here. Are you good? No. Okay. So to be clear, are you good with Houston passing on a quarterback? No pun intended there, but not taking a quarterback this draft as, you know, a, a replacement for Davis Mills, because I, like you said, I liked what I saw out of Mills last year. Yeah, no, I'm a hundred percent good with that because if Mills does fail this year, you're going to end up getting a top pick in the draft next year, there you, and that draft is a lot better at quarterback. So you can Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, there. right off the bat there. Yes. So, so nope, you're, they're rolling with Mills this year, and I, at least that's what I would do. For sure. Moving on to the cream of the crop in the division, <laughs> Jacksonville Jaguars this is so looking brutal. Looking to rise Two of to the, the top. top three picks. <laughs> yes, three and fourteen last year. Some. Key additions here, they did franchise tag Cam Robinson, brought in Brandon Scherf. Great move. Great Christian move. Christian Kirk coming in, Evan Ingram. Not so great a move. Darius Williams, cornerback position, lost Miles Jack, as you had talked about a little bit earlier, DJ Chark. For me, Jacksonville is just drafting best available all over the board here with special emphasis on getting D-line and wide receiver. Wide receiver, you need somebody to help Trevor Lawrence back there and – Christian Kirk's not cutting it, even though they gave him a ton of money. Evan Ingram is not cutting it. Even well, according to Urban Meyer, uh, Travis Etienne is going to be their number one wide receiver. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe. Yeah. Well, he also brought in Tim Tebow for a workout at tight end. <laughs> so that tells you a lot. But a, no, it, for Jacksonville, it's it's drafting best overall with, for me, emphasis on those two positions. Yeah, I'm going to put a large emphasis on Aiden Hutchinson. Uh, start, start there. (laughs) Just start with Aiden Hutchinson. I think that he's the absolute clear cut number one guy. And again, they, so if you're able to pair Aiden Hutchinson on one side of that D with Josh Allen, not the quarterback defensive pass rusher on the other side, you've gotten out two really sweet pass rushers that that's a really great starting place for, you know, for a defense. Um, And then on top of that, you mentioned Darius Williams bringing him over at corner. Solid addition. Shaq Griffin on the other side. And, and, and so you've got really two good corners. You take Aiden Hutchinson here. You've got two good linemen, uh, defense, or at least defensive pass rushers. I would have said, I would have, I was leaning towards, but, you know, early on in this, you know, draft preview process, I was thinking just take Evan Neal, shore up that offensive line. But they did franchise tag Cam Robinson, and I think that they could come to a long-term deal with him as long as they're willing to pay him, which they absolutely have to pay him. And then on the defensive, or, and then on the other side, Brandon Sheriff, he's gonna fall, he's gonna be on that right side of the offensive line. So I don't think you need to go offensive line here, and you go Aiden Hutchinson, who I think is the easy number one pick off the board. So it's it's Hutchinson, and then and then once you get into that second round, there's gonna be another really good receiver yeah. at the top of the second round that Jacksonville can can jump on. So I think those are those are the first two picks. They have to be the first two picks, but also like you said, best player available. 
with while while also still considering positional need, which wide receiver is an obvious one. Yes, team that does not need a wide receiver at all. Moving into the NFC South, it's Tampa Bay Buccaneers will kick it off here. Finished at thirteen and four, winning that NFC South division. Key addition. Tom Brady coming back out of retirement, absolutely huge. So that was some big news that happened, and obviously Tampa would be looking a lot different this year without him behind center. Got Chris Godwin signed to a long-term deal. Ryan Jensen's back. Carlton Davis is back. Got Russell Gage over from Atlanta. Shaq Mason coming in and re-signing Leonard Fournette. So Leonard Fournette is going to be the feature back this year. Ronald Jones is gone so should be interesting again Tom Brady is the main key here and otherwise Tampa Bay is pretty solid at a lot of the positions obviously have made a run the last two years winning the Super Bowl two years ago getting to the if or NFC divisional round this last year so I think it's just mostly depth for Tampa Bay at this point in time don't see any huge glaring needs maybe a tight end if Gronk doesn't come back at all Otherwise, just getting that O-line short up for Brady, giving him time to get the ball down the field, and then getting some pressure on that defensive front. Otherwise, Tampa Bay looks like they're going to be clear favorites to repeat in this division. Yeah, I think for me, first, the, the easy focus has to be defensive line. Not because they didn't have a good defensive line last year, but just because of age. I mean, you're they're just getting old. And so I think they, I think their first round pick probably has to, you have to go defensive line, get another pass rusher or, you know, down defensive end. Vita Vey is an absolute stud. So there's yeah. no need for an interior D lineman. But if you can get some pass rush in that, in that first round, that's going to be, that's going to be, that's a necessity for the Bucks. Also, definitely building up, like you mentioned, that offensive line depth. I would probably, I'd probably lean offensive line a little bit later in the draft, just build, just to help build that up. And then I wonder also, they have mad wide receiver depth, but they haven't really had, you know, they, I mean, Scotty Miller, Tyler Johnson, both were disappointments. Or, but I mean, they've been they've been okay, but they haven't really. Nobody's really grabbed a strong hold of that third wide receiver in that room. Where do you want to go, wide receiver in this in this draft, or do you just hope I, that Tyler Johnson is gonna, or Scotty is gonna be able to really grab the reins as that third receiver in the room? I think I'm good with the third wide receiver. Um, again, they had added in Russell Gage, so he's a solid okay, three piece with yeah, that. So I, with him, yep, and I Michael, forgot about him, Mike Evans. So, but no, otherwise, yeah, no. If he didn't come in, then absolutely, I think you do because, like you said, <laughs> none of those guys have really stepped up. Obviously, Antonio Brown had flashes last year before his on-field tirade, but Russell Temper Gage. Tantrum. Russell Gage actually is very intriguing for fantasy this year. You could get later rounds. He's a sneaky, sneaky. That's what I said day, last so. year. Yeah, <laughs> but third, third wide receiver with Tom Brady. That's usually usually a little bit fired. of a money maker. Yeah, yes. good, good, good call there. Yep. Second place in the division, New Orleans Saints finish at nine and eight. Got Jameis Winston signed to a two-year deal this time instead of Yo! giving him a one-year back-to-back. Marcus <laughs> May safety also added in. New Orleans, man, I don't know what to think of them. I do not think they're going to be very good this year. Offensive line, definitely need to give Jameis protection there. And then wide receiver, Michael Thomas, I don't know what to think of him anymore. He's pretty much hasn't played in the last two years. So right. What is he going to look like when he comes back out? You never really had anybody to compliment him either, so I think that's a huge thing if you can go and get a top-of-the-line wide receiver. Marcus Colston, come on back! Yeah, Marcus Colston. Joe Horn. Joe Horn, yeah. <laughs> Find that cell phone hidden in the padding and give Joe a call. <laughs> but those, those are my two keys for them. Depth in a lot of different positions, but it wide receiver, man, I, I think that's where they have to go. Well, so they made that trade with Philly to gain an extra first round pick this year. And thankfully for them, and well, strategically, I would assume for them knowing that this is a deep 
both wide receiver and offensive line draft, that's where they need to go with both those picks. I believe they're 16 and 18 for the Saints. So with with both those picks, grab a receiver that you love, grab an offensive lineman that you love, and, and th- that that eats up two of their big needs right off the bat. And then beyond that, I mean, Marcus Lattimore, how old is he now? I feel like he's, especially for a corner, I feel like he's getting really up there. I think they need to grab some some depth in that secondary to to help him out. And then and then maybe they I mean, what do you think about looking at they do they did have uh uh was it was it Hill? Who's they had a they had a running back behind uh behind uh Kamara last year that Played a little bit, but wasn't great. I think, but I still think you could. They could definitely stand to draft another running back uh, to, you know, to put behind Kamara. Yeah. No, absolutely. I think you could definitely do that. Or, I mean, is this obviously it probably would have happened at this point in time? But would you have blamed the Saints if they tried to unload Alvin Kamara this offseason? Mm, that's tough to say. I mean, it depend on depends on what that what that return would have been. I mean, what do they have money tied up in now? Now that they don't have an expensive quarterback, I say you might as well hang on to Kamara so you have at least some semblance of an offense. I also think, I mean, and Jameis, with Jameis last year, before he got hurt, they did have five wins. So I think that they could, they were, and they were still competing for a wild card spot with Taysom out there, Taysom and Trevor Simeon. So if Jameis is out there and played like he did in the first five, six games of the year, next season, obviously that feels like asking a lot, uh, <laughs> knowing that it's Jameis, but they could still compete for a wild card spot and they absolutely could not have competed for a wild card spot without Kamara. So. I think you sh- you get a stud or you know a very high end receiver. You get a high end offensive lineman. Roll out Jameis. Hope that Michael Thomas can come back and at least be partially what he was with Drew Brees. He's definitely not returning back to that record setting receiver that he was. Uh, that's never going to happen. But I think that I think that they could compete for a wild card spot, and I don't think that they could have without Kamara. So. If you could have gotten a first and uh, maybe if you could have gotten a first back for Kamara, maybe, but I wouldn't have just dumped him. Team that will not be competing for the playoffs this year, the Atlanta Falcons. They finished third last <laughs> Marcus year. Marcus Mariota. <laughs> Seven and ten additions. Marcus Mariota coming over from the Raiders. Casey Hayward Jr., cornerback. Damian Williams. Cordy P is back in the fold. Got him re-signed and lost Matt Ryan. So... This is a team that is in a huge rebuild right now. I mean, Calvin Ridley's out for the season with his gambling thing. You've got a nice tight end to build around with Kyle Pitts, but Kyle Pitts. Atlanta quarterback and wide receiver are my two huge glaring needs for them. Marcus Mariota is not a long-term answer at all, and you don't know what to expect with Calvin Ridley. He took three quarters of the year off this year dealing with mental health stuff. Um, just and now missing all next year too, to, and now missing all of next year. So you can't trust him going into the future at all. So wide receiver, quarterback, those—that's where I'm leaning. There's some guys that are saying that Kayvon Thibodeau is falling. If he falls to eight, where the Falcons are drafting, would you? If you're the Falcons, do you go Thibodeau here and and try to get you know the, a guy that? Was was had been in the past regarded as in as a lock number one overall pick. Yeah, that would definitely be intriguing for me, and you get a key cornerstone for your defense for years to come, and see what happens with Mariota. Odds are you're probably going to be picking in the top ten next year, and could get a quarterback then. So, yeah, I. I'd be fine if Thibodeau dropped for them to grab him there. Do you have any interest if Malik Willis is sitting there in that first round pick for them? I was going to ask you the same thing. Is it time? <laughs> I mean, is it is it QB time for them? I mean, uh, it's it's obvious that Mariota isn't the long term answer, and if th- that's why I think maybe this is the time to go quarterback because. What are you going to do next offseason? 
Are you going to throw away two straight seasons? If you don't take a quarterback this year, then you might as well be throwing away two straight seasons. Unless you are a major Ritter, Sam Howell believer, and you take him at, you know, take one of those guys at 32 and move up in the draft to, you know, take one of them at 32. I don't know. But yeah. you can't you can't have you can't have two straight seasons where you're just throwing throwing this away, which this season seems like a tank job. I mean, I guess next I guess next off season, yeah, you, if 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 this is a true tank job, next off season you get CJ Stroud and or or Bryce Young or, 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 or whoever or or or, or. <laughs> Ricky, where you at Ricky Seals Jones? <laughs> You get one of those guys, maybe, but you have to plan to then completely tank. Then, you've also got Kyle Pitts going into his third year with a rookie quarterback, and you're going to be relying on them making a sharp connection immediately. So, I think maybe you go, maybe you, I don't know, Malik Willis, not the worst, and and behind Mariota, similar playing style. Yeah, you've got you've also got Arthur Smith there, who uh, as their head coach, who coached Mariota in Tennessee as their QB coach, and then moved into that offensive coordinator role. So he knows how to play with these running quarterbacks. This could be where Malik Willis goes. Yeah, no, you kind of talked me into it a little bit. I I think I'm leaning. I I'd like to see Malik Willis go there. The only thing that would concern me with it is he is a quarterback that needs to take the Trey Lance route, where maybe if Mariota gets hurt or you're getting blown out, throw him in for the back half of the game, just a quarter. But Atlanta, fans which are unfortunately Mariota does him. have that injury history too, yes. which probably which does need to be considered here. If Mariota's hurt in game two and you draft Malik Willis. And you have to throw Malik Willis in there, yeah, game two, second not, half. Like, you're just asking for trouble yeah, there. That's the only thing that scares me. Or if Atlanta gets or, or. <laughs> gets down to 0-3, their fans are going to be wanting Willis to come in, and there's going to be a lot of pressure to do so. So that's the only thing I think that concerns me with this. But otherwise, I do like Malik Willis going to Atlanta. I, think it, I, I just think it makes sense for the Falcons, you know, for them to – do you tank two seasons? That'd basically be three straight seasons yeah. f- that they would be doing to then get a Bryce Young. Who who knows? He's a six foot tall quarterback. I mean, he's no lock to be a stud. None of these rookies are. So C.J. Stroud has any Ohio State quarterback really worked yet? We're I mean, the jury's still out on Fields, but I, it really hasn't lately. So who knows what Stroud's even going to look like in the NFL? I don't know. I, I think maybe this this might be the time at eight to grab if you can get a Malik Willis. If it's Kenny Pickett, I probably I'm a lot more willing to pass if he's the next QB. If he's the yeah. QB that's available, hundred percent. Another team looking for a quarterback, Carolina Panthers. They did not add one this offseason, but they did bring in Xavier Woods, Austin Corbett, Dante Jackson, Johnny Hecker coming over to punch. Johnny. <laughs> lost Johnny AJ Bowie. Um, otherwise yeah Carolina they are a mess right now gave DJ Moore a nice extension this offseason to get him locked in I did like Terrace Marshall Jr. so wide receiver room I think is okay in Carolina but quarterback I mean they it's, it's the it's it's got to be quarterback glaring. and offensive line it's you got to get protection in there. You got to get run blocking for Christian McCaffrey. Obviously, he's your focal piece if he can stay healthy and stay on the field. But they tried the Sam Darnold experience last year. Tried to get some butts in the seats by bringing Cam Newton back last year. You know, he is a shell of his former self. Wolf. But they have to go quarterback at some point early in this draft. Kenny Pickett, possible here. I mean. This is a, it's, it's a, it's a, Matt Rule is fighting for his job. Yeah. And Kenny Pickett right now is looked at as the most, you know, NFL ready type of guy. Granted, because he's 23 or 24 years old and he's had five years of college ball. I think this, I, I could, and I think this, this would be a massive overdraft in my opinion, 
But QBs always get overdrafted. I think this could be a sucker place for Kenny Pickett to go. And Matt Rule's out there saying, trying, trying to get himself two more years of work. Because... <laughs> Pretty much, because yeah. he, I mean, because he's 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 already the hot, you know, on the hottest seat of all these NFL coaches already. He was almost fired this off season, so I think he might say, you know, he could he could maybe justify it, say going to ownership if they suck again. Let's say they take Kenny Pickett. Oh, we suck again. <laughs> then he can go to ownership and say, oh, he's a rookie quarterback. Give me one more year, one full off yeah. season with him. This could be a, a this could be Matt Rule trying to fight for his job, and that's why I see that's why I think Kenny Pickett is a very legit possibility going here at six. Yeah. Do you? I guess to close it out here, do you see Carolina on draft night trying to make a trade for Jimmy G, Baker Mayfield? Do you see them bringing them in at all? I don't like either of them in Carolina really, but do you see Carolina saying? At six, we're not really comfortable taking a quarterback there at all. And we're willing to throw a, I don't know, sixth or seventh because there isn't a market for Jimmy Garoppolo or Baker Mayfield. There isn't really any other team that is needs a quarterback at all going into the season. I mean, yeah, there are, but most of the other teams are just content with what they have right now rolling into the season. Do you see them maybe trying to throw a low ball pick, sixth, seventh rounder for one of those guys and then just riding into the season with them? Granted, Jimmy G's probably, we don't know when exactly he's going to be in football shape, but. You'd have to send away Darnold in that deal because you can't, if you combine Jimmy G, his salary plus what Darnold is making, you're talking about a what is what does that add up to? I believe Jimmy's making twenty eight this year. Darnold's going to be making eighteen or nineteen. <laughs> you can't have those two on the books. Same thing with same thing with Baker. I believe he's at eighteen, nineteen. Darnold's going to be at eighteen or nineteen. You can't have both of those guys on the books. It would make sense, I think, for both teams, both the Niners, Trey Lance as your starter, bring in Darnold as the backup in case you know. I mean, if Lance goes out there and get gets hurt. Or for the Browns, probably more appealing, sending Baker over, getting Darnold back, and then you've got Darnold backing up Deshaun in case Deshaun ends up suspended, then at least you've got Darnold as a backup versus, although I don't know who their backup is right now. Is it still Colt McCoy? <laughs> no, he's in Arizona. But, uh, but Was it, was it Case Keenum? It, it was Case Keenum that? last year. I don't know if yeah, he's still I can't there. If he's still there, so you'd have to send away Darnold in that deal. I could see that happening, but how much of an upgrade is Baker over Darnold? I would say marginal. But is he? But is Baker going to get the Panthers to a a wild card spot? I don't think so. Certainly not to compete for the division. No. And and same thing with Jimmy G. I mean, you're fighting for a wild card spot. I think with Jimmy G. So. I could see it happening. I think it would actually, you know, if if Darnold were to come back to either the Niners or the Browns for Jimmy and Baker respectively, that would make sense, but if I'm if if I'm the Panthers, you just got to you just I think you just have to go all in on the future at this point, especially if you're Matt Rule and trying to trying to fight for your job. Yeah. No, I I agree completely with that. All right, that will wrap up our South previews. We will be back with you next week, get you the West Divisions, AFC, and NFC, and then we are going to start our mock drafts. You'll be getting a little mock draft action for 16 picks on Wednesday next week. Our moxies. Releases, yes. But we can be found at Dead Arm Sports, Twitter, Instagram. Check us out on Facebook at Dead Arm Sports. If you want to follow Gel, he can be found at Das Gel. I can be found at Das JPEG. Send us in any questions, comments, concerns you have about the show. More than happy to hit you back with a response or answer your question on our next podcast. Check us out on our YouTube page. You can see our shiny faces, a little glare off of the uh, the old lamp here next to us. But uh, <laughs> nonetheless, we are visible now. Hey, I, burning behind me. Burning, yeah. <laughs> we're recording on 420 Every, we're all burning oh, let's go <laughs> subscribe rate and review the podcast on your favorite listening platform send us a screenshot of that Please. review get you some sticker swag sent out in the mail gel where can they find us 
as you take a sip of beer. <laughs> uh, good timing with that one. Thanks a lot. Uh, <coughs> cut that one short. That's all right. Uh, hit us up on our presenting sponsor, Anchor. They allow us to do all of our recording, editing, and presenting, publishing for free. Uh, hit them up on the web at Anchor, or just just by going into your web browser, Anchor.fm, or search in your Apple App Store or Google Play Store just by searching Anchor. You'll be able to find it. Again, they we were able to do all of our editing, publishing, putting in the 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 sound bites and everything in there for free and present it to you for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Google Pods. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review on whatever your chosen listening platform is. Take a screenshot of that written review. Send it to us on our socials at Dead Arm Sports on both Twitter and Instagram or by searching Dead Arm Sports on Facebook. Five stars, please. That helps. <laughs> yes, it does. Make sure to also additionally make sure to tell a friend, enemy, coworker, uh, you know, your pets, your plants, uh, you know, any somebody you see on the street, just shout out, hey, check out Dead Arm Sports. Usually that works. So, uh, you know, help us out if you like the show. Make make uh, let other people listen to it. Absolutely, we'd greatly appreciate it. We again, we will be back after the weekend on Tuesday with the West divisions for both AFC and NFC. That'll wrap up our draft preview. So, looking forward to it. Get into that mock draft next week. Again, appreciate everybody out there listening, and hope everybody has a fantastic weekend. Shall close us out. Marshawn Lynch, part owner of the Kraken. Now all he needs is that tough actin' tin actin'. <laughs> Boom!